you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Boss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to Major Show, folks. Welcome. 15 years, two to three shows a weekday, 15 shows a week. What the hell more do you want from us, people? This is the big show, the circus tent in the sky. Uh, as always, the Chris Voss Show is the family that loves you but doesn't judge you, at least not as harshly as your wife did when you didn't wash those dishes before you put them in the dishwasher. But uh, maybe she'll get over it. Maybe she won't. It's your problem. Anyway, guys, uh, we, we're, just remember, the show is always here for you even if your wife isn't when she packs up and leaves, which is probably like now. So you can at least enjoy the show while she does that. Uh, so uh, go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Voss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Voss, and Chris Voss 1 on TikTok. People are going, my wife's leaving me? What? What? How does Chris know? Uh, I know. She's been texting me. Uh, so anyway, guys, we have an amazing gentleman on the show. Actually, uh, uh, he's a male model. So uh, your wife might have been texting him. So there you go. But uh, we decided that since I am uh, one of the principal male models of the Chris Voss show, and uh, I just have this exuding sexual presence that uh, that uh, conveys uh, George Clooney or Brad Pitt. Sometimes they call me for tips. They don't. Uh, we decided to invite a wonderful gentleman onto the show, and he is a model for real, actually, like he really has the job, eh? And uh, <laughs> where, where I just made it up. And uh, he's a real estate investor. He's a trainer and an athlete. And he has an amazing uh, life story and journey that he's going through. And he's sharing it to try and help with other people. Uh, Jonathan uh, joins us on the show today. And we'll be talking to him about his accomplishments. Jonathan Neisel. Do I got that right, Jonathan? You got it. Yep. There we go. And uh, he'll be talking to us about his journey. He embodies the strength of unwavering commitment, resilience, and optimism. After his mother's sudden passing when he's 21, he found his life shattered by a prolonged battle with addiction and severe health issues. And as a model and professional lacrosse player, his life was perfect on the surface. But the mental health and addiction issues that uh, held him up uh, into their grip, made it difficult for him to move forward in life. Now he's 41, and he still looks like a male model. He's doing pretty good. I, almost as good looking as me, but, uh, you know, I, I think I I work for uh, Denny's is my where I, well, you can find my male model portfolio. And, as long uh, as they McDonald's. sign the checks, man. There you go. As as there you go. Denny's and McDonald's. A uh, little IHOP there for the pancake crowd. Uh, he believes it's the opportune moment to start sharing his extraordinary life journey <laughs> with an open-hearted approach to his challenges and he aspires to equip others with the resilience and tools required to conquer their inner battles welcome to the show jonathan how are you i'm doing great thank you and thanks for all the tips you gave me on off air uh, i've been doing there this for 14 years but you you showed me, you told me some stuff that i haven't heard in my 14 year career modeling mm -hmm. so I'll, I'll definitely put that in my uh, my repertoire so appreciate that as a as a fellow uh, co-worker yeah i i have that magenta steel look Boo. yeah yeah. Well, don't, yeah. I mean, don't, I mean, save, save some of it further. But I yeah, mean, that yeah. was, you know, let me, let me, I'll, I'll, I'll put that. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing great though. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time and uh, having me on here. Thank you for coming. Uh, and for those ladies out there, you can go to his SutherlandModels.com website and download his portfolio. So there you go. Uh, yeah. So uh, Jonathan, give us a .com. Where can people find you on the interwebs? So where's the social sites we can go to? Uh, best place to find me. So I'm getting started on the on TikTok and stuff. I'm, I'm kind of late to the game on that. But mm -hmm. um, my Instagram is definitely best place to find me. Um, it's Jonathan Nizel, N-I-Z-I-O-L. Um, just my name. I'm going to be starting a YouTube. I have a Facebook uh, page as well. And TikTok, like I said. So I've got, uh, got most of the socials covered. 
There you go. So people can find you, find your work, things you're talking about, things you're trying to help people with. Uh, yep. So um, give us a 30,000 overview of what you're doing right now and uh, what you do between dodging panties and bras being thrown at you consistently. Yeah, if only. Um, so I'm originally from Canada. I come to you from uh, from Texas right now. I'm in Fort Worth, Texas. I've been here for about four years. I moved down because I, I love Canada. Um but I don't love the Canadian winters. I'm a oh. dual citizen, so I was able to, I had the ability to uh, live and work in either, and I was just kind of sitting there one day, and, you know, gray, dreary February, minus 30, and neither my dog or I wanted to go out, and I looked at my U.S. passport, and I was like, I'm taking this thing, and I'm going south. Uh, and you went to Texas south. where it's hotter than hell, and humidity is <laughs> hotter than hell? Yeah. It is, but you know what? I'll take it. I complained all winter uh, in Canada, so I'll take it. But uh, like you said, I'm I'm uh, modeling and I'm doing real estate uh, investments, doing flip projects with a business partner of mine. She's a broker and an agent, and she handles uh, that side of it. And then I handle the general con contracting side of it. And I've cut back on my training a little bit. I've been a certified personal trainer for about 13 years, but I'm being very selective with who I'm working with now, um, just because I'm putting a lot of time and effort into uh, what you said and uh, just just getting my story out there and, and really putting a lot of time into that. And uh, But fitness is definitely a huge passion of mine. And in my free time, I, uh, I love to play hockey. I mean, go figure, Canadian, oh gosh. Who would have thought that, eh? Um, okay. Yeah. The boot. Had a game, had a game last, out and about, boys, out and about. Um, had a game last night. I've got a game Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's actually a pretty good hockey scene down here in Texas. So really? I'm, uh, I played, yeah, surprisingly. Like I was, that was one of the things I looked into before I moved down. But I play four days a week, four different teams, uh, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and all over the DFW. And, yeah, it keeps me uh, – keeps me in shape and it helps, you know, besides just going to the gym and doing cardio and plus the camaraderie of, you know, being an athlete all my life and then still having that with, with some friends and meeting some great people. So yeah. And I'm other than that, pretty low key. Uh, I like to spend a lot of time with my dog and, you know, do a lot of reading and all that kind of cliche stuff, but I'm just, uh, just pretty chill guy. There you go. Well, I probably should ask the most obvious question then. Are you single for the ladies out there that are now downloading? I am. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. I, I, I am. Uh, As my uh, notifications, what are all these direct messages coming yeah. in? <laughs> Jeez, that was fast. Chris, Just, buddy. You gotta... So you don't write Jeez. the show? Oh, did you get those DMs I sent you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. Wait till you see the Snapchat. Oh, uh, so just so the ladies know, don't write the show, damn it, on how to contact him. He's he's got his email on his Instagram, so you can go there, people, and, and do yeah. that. That, and you're probably going to get the uh, probably some folks from uh, West Hollywood and San Francisco. Um, so which is fine. So uh, let's talk about your hero's journey. I mean, you're 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 living a, your best life. I've known some male models. Uh, the truth to be told, actually, I owned a modeling agency. <laughs> Uh, in Utah and California in, uh, I think it was 2000, 2001 to 2006. Um, and uh, it was an acting modeling agency. I had our own bikini team and, and stuff. So we had male models. We had female models. That's how I kind of know um, what models are. <laughs> and, of course, I was the head of it being the most hottest model of them all. Um, and you should see me in a bikini, damn it. Oh. Jeez, wow. save it for snapchat um, buddy save it for snapchat <laughs> so save it for snapchat there you go uh and uh so but you're going through a great journey i mean most of most male models i know you know they kind of fade away maybe after 30 or 40 uh you're you you've gone 20 years in the business and you're still rocking it yeah uh so i actually started late i started when i was 26 um mm -hmm. i had i kind of had to start late because um, like you mentioned, my mom passed away very suddenly um, mm -hmm. the day before my 21st birthday. She wasn't sick. It was a very unexpected, very tragic uh, passing, and that led me in the direction of uh, of drinking. And I, you know, drank a lot. I became an alcoholic. I was quite overweight. Um, wow. You know, see some see some pictures of me um, on my Instagram, and I was not functioning as an alcoholic but i didn't know how to feel my feelings or deal with my feelings so i was also that's when i was diagnosed with um having uh severe anxiety and uh, clinical depression and panic mm -hmm. disorder and um those things and 
you know, back then it wasn't talked about. I didn't, I didn't know what I was dealing with. And Mm -hmm. the only way that it seemed to be remedied was, you know, drink 15 to 25 beers at a time and just, you know, deal with it. So I did that for a few years and, um, got to a pretty dark place and and a pretty bad place, uh, health wise. And I'm very lucky because I got a really bad case of acute pancreatitis and that put me in, yeah, that put me in the hospital for, uh, just under a month. I had to have, uh, I was 25 at the time. I had to have five blood transfusions. Um, I almost died twice. I lost 60 pounds in that month, but the first two weeks alone, I lost 40 pounds. And like I said, I almost died twice, but I came out of that with a, a much greater appreciation for taking care of my body. And, you know, it, it, it scared me. I, they didn't know what I could handle alcohol wise from there on, but having gone mm-hmm. through that and it being, it was from drinking. I said, okay, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I'm never going to touch a sip of alcohol again. So I'm uh, yeah, 16, 16 and a half years sober from alcohol, but Mm-hmm. I found other I found other devices of uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk we'll get into that but uh, there you go. yeah so that's uh, let, me, let me let me delve into this a little bit if you don't mind sure, um, in your journey so uh, your mother obviously was an important factor in your life did would, did you have a father growing up in your life I do uh, yeah yeah my father go. actually so he's he's still here uh, with us he's he actually lives about twenty minutes away from me. he moved down a couple of years mm-hmm. ago he and I are very close. Um, but yeah, my mom and mom and I were best friends, uh, very, mm-hmm. very important figure, uh, just shattered my world as I knew yeah. it. A mother, a mother really, uh, helps shape a ma- young man. A father does too, but you know, mm-hmm. a, a daughters really seem to have, uh, there's a lot of influence that goes to them with a the father and then mothers, uh, with a son. Uh, and so when you, when you lost your mother, were you just not equipped to handle it or how to deal with it? Or did you put your feelings away and, and move to alcohol? Um, you know, what, what was it, the, the crisis that was making you um, and not uh, maybe get closure or something? It was, it was more of a, like not knowing how to deal with it. And how do I just not feel these feelings? Um, mm-hmm. How do I distract myself? How do I temporarily, you know, comfortably numb myself? Mm-hmm. And that was my, my way of, of dealing with it. And but by not dealing with it, because like I said, I didn't, you know, therapy wasn't really talked about as much back then, you know, that was, that was 20 years ago and, um, anxiety, depression, all these things weren't really as talked, you know, talked about as much. So yeah, I was just really just trying to deal with it in any way, but avoiding it, um, mm-hmm. was my way of dealing with it. There you go. Did you do you find you have an addictive personality, or were you more oh, using so. it in abuse? Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, very much. Yeah, very much so. I uh, it's uh, my dad says it's my greatest asset and is my worst. Um, when I do things, I you know I want to do them to the nth degree. So like mm-hmm. when I was you know skateboarding in high school, I was like, okay, I want to be a professional skater. I didn't become a professional skater, but and then you know whether it's sports, I'll you know I, I took lacrosse all the way to becoming a professional lacrosse player, and when oh, I wow. When I drank, I, I drank until I put myself in the hospital for a you know a month, Damn. and you know uh, the drugs came afterwards, and other things came after that. But yes, I do have a very addictive personality. It's something that I've had to learn to um, quell and and you know really be aware of and mm-hmm. learn to to balance out. And I'm finally doing that now, and it's taking a long time to do that um, because it is in me instinctively. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that personality is, has always been, like I said, one of my best and my, my worst assets. There you go. That, that drive. So at what point did you start finally, uh, you know, realizing that maybe you need to get the addictions and, you know, you have the crisis with the health and the booze, but then you move on to other addictions. When, when did you finally start saying, Hey, maybe I should deal with this. And what steps did you take? Did you seek some uh, psychology help or, or meditation or anything of that nature? I did. And it wasn't, so it wasn't until I was 35, to Mm -hmm. be honest. I spent, uh, I spent about 15 years, um, uh, as an addict, as you know, this comfortably numb, um, and avoiding things. And I finally went to, uh, I went to therapy at 35 after, excuse me, I developed an eating disorder when I was, uh, when I was modeling because of the, you know, the, the pressure that's put on you, um, physically as you start traveling and you start you know working and seeing other people and start comparing yourself to other people and you're like but why is this person working more than i am 
and I, I spend so much time in the gym and that was another one too, where I, I, you know, I had a fitness addiction because, you know, I'm, I'm doing something good. I'm doing something healthy, but if you're going twice a day and spending six hours in the gym a day, anyway, so I, I went from that and, and then the, um, it was that it all comes back to trying not to feel my feelings. Cause I, I say that I was a, um, I had bulimia, but I say that I was a functioning bulimic. Whereas, hmm. you know, I would, I would eat all my meals throughout the day and I would eat very healthy. I'd take all my vitamins, everything would be fine. But it would be hmm. like when the night was over and I was alone with myself and my thoughts, I needed something to boost my serotonin, something to distract me. And that's where the binging and purging would come in. So wow. it was like, it was about an eight year battle that I had with that. And then, I started to dabble with drugs again and, you know, first it was smoking weed and, um, you know, I was just like, Oh, I'll just smoke a little bit of weed. But my brain doesn't say that my brain says, Oh, that felt good. Let's do that all the time. Like let's like, Oh yeah. Like we're going to smoke like a quarter ounce. Like, no, like I was smoking like two ounces a week, like by myself mm -hmm. just, and I was at the point where I was going to different drug dealers. So I was so embarrassed with how much weed I was buying and how much I was spending on this stuff. And I would go and, and then I started with the Adderall because that was, you know, uh -huh. a really good way, a good way to focus, a good way to stay lean. But then I'd find myself on, you know, three or four day benders where I would just be up for days and, you know, just, uh, I, I finally had to, had to cut that off. And then the next thing was the nitrous and doing whippets. Wow. And, yeah. you know, I, like those things are extremely addictive. And mm -hmm. I, I, I always say that I was very good with keeping myself on the baseline drugs. Like I did mm -hmm. a lot of them and I did them to excess, but I knew the moment that I put like cocaine in my system, that was it. There was yeah. no, there was no turning back. Yeah. I knew that I, I knew that I couldn't graduate to the next step. So I, I stayed on that baseline and, and the final straw for me was in my thirties. I finally quit smoking weed. I, um, I cut back on the whip. It like I was trying, but I found these, um, muscle relaxers over the counter muscle relaxers and mm. they had 500 milligrams of what's called methacarbamol, which is a, a muscle relaxer and 200 milligrams of ibuprofen in each pill. Wow. And I would take them because I had aches and pains from, you know, from working out and from lacrosse and I'd smoke some weed and I'd take like four of them. I'd be like, oh, I feel a little extra loose. So when I quit smoking, I saw these pills and I was like, okay, well, what happens if I take a couple more and a couple more? And, a couple and, more. <laughs> and, and that's the, the addict's mentality is, you know, one is too many and a thousand's never enough. And anyway, I got to the point where, uh, you know, it says don't take more, don't exceed 12 per day. And I was taking 100 of these pills every single Whoa. day. Every single, and I'm not saying it because I'm proud of it. I'm not saying it because yeah, sure. it's just, it's a fact of the matter. I would go there, I'd buy the generic version. It was $38 and some change. It was a bottle of 100. I would just dump a handful of 30 or so in there. I just drink whatever. And then I'd either fall asleep for a while or I'd be like kind of out of it. And I did that for a number of months and I started to not feel myself go figure. <laughs> yeah. I started to, I started to feel a little off and not just when I was under the influence or taking the pills, I started to notice that my, um, my motivation and, and my, um, my strength and my, you know, it was just all kind of falling off. I had, I had no drive and I was losing weight and, I remember I was on a shoot and I was starting to have fainting spells. I fainted at my house twice. I woke up, my dog's licking my face and I'm like, wow. so I'm starting to freak out and think, you know, I'm going to be driving one day and I'm going to faint and I'm going to take somebody out. Like, you know, That's I'm doing this to myself, out. but I'm really worried about like this impacting other people. Mm -hmm. And I was doing a shoot one day and I was, uh, we were shooting actually the cover of a romance novel. I've been, I've been on the cover of like over 150 romance novels. Um, Damn dude. I've only been on five or 10. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, let me have it. Let me have one thing. Okay? I mean, like that'll be my thing. Um, but they were a great client when I was up in Canada. They were great to work with, uh, Harlequin. And I was shooting. We we're shooting on the top of a truck. And I, every time I get down, I'd be like, "I'm about to pass out. I'm gonna, wow. I'm gonna pass out, and I'm gonna cause a scene." So I went home that day, and I didn't take the pills. And I figured I finally put two and two together, and was like, "Okay, I can't ignore this any longer." The next day, I was supposed to go to a shoot. 
I went straight to the ER instead, and I had massive internal bleeding. I didn't intestinal ulcer. Holy shit! From from taking fifty thousand milligrams of methocarbamol and twenty thousand milligrams of ibuprofen every single day, I was wow. taking that. Yeah. So that was the final straw. That's when I was thirty five, and I was like, "This plan that I have <laughs> is not a plan. It's not working. I'm not mm-hmm. living the life I'm supposed to be living." I'm not living the life for myself, for my mom, for the people around me. I mean, not to mention all the dozens of rock bottoms that I had hit, you know, mm-hmm. throughout my whole 15 years. And I just wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing and living how I was supposed to be living. And yeah. that's when I said, you know, enough of this macho BS about, you know, therapies for wimps and all that stuff that I used to tell myself about, you know, I don't have the money, but I have money for drugs. I don't have the time. I got time for drugs, <laughs> I, you know, but I, I'm not going to sit there and pay somebody to judge, to judge me. And I just said, you know what? I'm, I've got to, I've got to go. I've got to do something else. And mm-hmm. that's when I went and things got a lot harder before they got a lot easier because wow. I was now sober for the first time. I didn't have a distraction. Even when I was sober, I was working out too much. And then I wasn't, you know, wasn't sober. and. But I was 35 and I was a an adult and I'm trying to live now as a functioning sober adult. For, and all of these nice little things that I had compartmentalized and, you know, put over here and put over there and tucked away here and this rela- failed relationship and mom passing and eating disorder and, you know, the creepy guy from that casting I went to in Miami, like all of that just flooded and unloaded. And, but I just, with that same mentality of, you know, I'm, I'm all or none. I said, I, I'm not going to let this beat me. And I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to get to work. And yeah. I worked with a wonderful therapist and started to learn the tools that I needed to, to have, a, to live as a, a functioning sober, you know, adult for the first time. There you go. So we can encourage people to do the work. How how long did it take before you finally felt like you were starting to really break through? Because some people go, you know, they're like, hey, I'll go see a psychiatrist. And they go to like one meeting and then they're like, ah, I'm sure I'm fine now. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it took, uh, so I saw the psychiatrist in Canada that I saw for about two and a half years. And at first it was every week because like I said, everything just came rushing to me. And you know, the mental health, it, it just, it hit me like a ton of bricks and mm-hmm. I was seeing her every week. And then we started to go to two weeks, but slowly I was picking up these tools and I wanted to learn the tools to do the work myself. I didn't want to like have to call her from the grocery store and be like, should I get whole wheat bread with seeds or without seeds? Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to like rely on this person for every, I wanted to learn how to do this myself and to mm-hmm. just say, Hey, I don't know how to do this. And I need these, I need help. I need these tools so I can solve these problems and not run to, I believe there's a, a, a great place for medication. And I, I do take a daily medication, um, just as like a, a kind of a helper thing, but I didn't want to run to something like I, I knew I could never take a Xanax or any of those kinds of things because that would just turn into another thing. So to answer your question, I would say after about a year, it started to rebuild my confidence. That's what I needed to do was to rebuild my self-confidence and to know that I can do this and I can do this sober and I can do it well. And I can, I, I can feel the ups and downs of life. Whereas, you know, if things got too real and they dropped down here, it'd be like, Oh, well, I got to reach for something. I got to, you know, I got to find something, but you know, the ups and downs and ebbs and flows of life are like, okay. And after about a year, you know, I'd see her once a month. And then I got to the place where I was at a good, I was in a good place mentally. And I felt like I had done the work and I was ready to make a move down to Texas to go towards an opportunity and not to run from my problems. Like I had been doing for 15 years or so. And I've started seeing somebody recently, um, just as more of a check-in, just as like a you know every six weeks, just to to chat and just you know, like I said, not a not crisis management kind of stuff. Just like it's it's nice, you know. I spend so much time on my physical health and and taking my vitamins and eating healthy and all that kind of stuff. Like you know, I just want to tune up and just like a nice conversation with a educated, non biased third party person. So 
yeah, I would, I would say it took me about a year to start to build, but it really, mm-hmm. it really took a, it took a lot to build. And that's why I'm a, such a big believer in treating people with respect because it is so easy to break somebody's self-confidence and to, or to break your own self-confidence and it can take years or a lifetime to rebuild. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as somebody who's done that to themselves and, and my therapist that I see now, she's like, it can take one sentence to ruin somebody's life, uh, self-confidence and it can take a lifetime to never be able to rebuild it. So I think wow. it's very important to lead with grace and to, you know, be uh, put positivity out there for people because I, I wouldn't wish what I've been on, been through upon my worst enemy, but at the same time, I wouldn't take it back for the world because it's made me who I am today. And I'm, very proud of that. There you go. And you were really lucky that you had the wherewithal to, you know, reach a point of acknowledgement where you can go, I need help. There's a, you know, there's a lot of people, especially that some that, you know, suffer from really bad addiction where, you know, either the law has to intervene or they have a fainting or, or a drunk driving episode or, or they have friends who have to have an intervention and, you know, force you to go to rehab or court of, court forces you go to rehab so it's good that you had the wherewithal to do that and i imagine you know in in therapy you had to exercise all your demons a lot of people they they hold stuff inside and it becomes like a poison that just kind of self-poisons you and until you kind of bleed that out you let that poison out kind of like a snake bite you know you got to bleed out that poison until you do that therapy and you and you stare at your demons and some of the things that are haunting you and you're hiding you know, I imagine that's uh, part of the journey you had to go through. Absolutely, it is. It it truly is, and that is accepting what's happened in your life and mm-hmm. recognizing it and seeing it for what it is. Like my mom, like I said, is was the most important person in the world to me, and she passed, and it was it was awful. It still is awful to this day, and I think about her every mm-hmm. single day. But it's an it's an unfortunate fact of life, but it is a fact of life. And that is, you know, how I've had to move forward. And, you know, whether things are good or bad, um, and I really, well, I'll I'll say this first, when I worked with my therapist, I really liked the way that she approached it because it was at my pace and what I wanted to talk to. If I glanced over something, she wouldn't be like, hey, let's go back to that part where like you almost broke down. Like, let's focus on that. Like, she wasn't one of those people. And that that Mm -hmm. was a very good communication style for me, whereas I could... I could unfurl and unravel my uh, traumas and, you know, my um, the things I was ready to talk about, not ready to talk about, and do that at my own pace and kind of work through it. But you're absolutely right. It's facing your demons and and knowing that these are these are are, are part of our life. But you know, more recently, I've looked at myself and life and realized that a lot of it and where I'm got I've gotten to now, and I'm I'm still just trying to grow. I do not think I have it all figured out by any means. <laughs> you know, when I was 18, I had it all figured out. Like, don't oh, get me yeah. wrong. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, you need the answer. I had like, you know, come to me. <laughs> but the older you get, the least, the more you realize you don't know. It's one of the reasons why I love talking about this stuff is I want to learn from other people. <clears throat> it's very cathartic for me to open up and to unveil these things that I thought I was going to take to my grave because I was ashamed of them. But I've forgiven myself for the things that have happened to me out of my control and for the things that I've done and the mistakes that I've made, because you know what? I was trying my best with what I had at the time. Mm-hmm. I was just doing my best. I didn't, I was, I didn't know I was, I was doing as be- the best I could. And yeah, it took me down a few, like a wrong path, but okay. I mean, I was trying and no. I finally, so I think that's a big thing that to people hold on to is that uh, element of not forgiving yourself for making mistakes and, you know, the money I spent and the time I wasted and all like, like, yeah, that's, that's okay. That's, that's there. And we can't change that. So let's not dwell on the past mm-hmm. and let's just focus on being present and, and understanding that that's happened. And that's so important. And I like what you're doing now about how you're sharing and talking about it. I mean, I remember one time I, my, 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 uh, my first child, my first dog, uh, that I had for about 12 or 14 years, uh, one night just passed away within a half an hour of a seizure and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I always thought, you know, you'd have that, you know, okay, well spend some time with your dog and they're sick and, and, you know, put them down and, you know, you'll have the whole time to say goodbye. And it was just instant. 
and uh and and so it hit me like a ton of bricks and i remember putting down half a bottle of vodka and just pouring out in in a drafted facebook post everything i felt and i thought you know my god i don't want to share this with people this is way too much this is way too emotional this is way too private and uh i kind of really didn't want to wake up the next morning <laughs> and i was just I was deep in the sauce and I sat there for a half an hour looking at it going, I don't want to press this button. And finally, I guess probably with enough vodka I did. And I'm like, I gotta go pass out. And so I pressed the button and passed out. And then I'm like, I don't, maybe I just won't wake up tomorrow morning. And the next morning I woke up with incredible hangover and people calling me. Uh, but people, uh, after that, I learned, uh, were moved by what I'd written and what I'd shared in my story that I didn't want to share. And they were like, hey, man, you know, seeing how you poured out your heart and soul in that in that post and sharing your story, you know, I realized that I didn't have closure from my dad passing away or my dog passing away or you helped me understand more of what I, you know, and connect more. And a lot of people are bearing their feelings and maybe they're using, you know, some different uh, devices to, to mask that or bury it or distract from it like you were. But uh, it was amazing how many people it helped. And in fact, some of the stories that I share with my second dog that went through cancer and, and we did, uh, we did, uh, we, about a year and a half, we, we, uh, did things to, uh, uh, keep her going and, and survive it for uh, quite a while. In fact, it was arthritis that got her in the end. And, uh, but telling those stories have saved so many other people. And that's the one thing about life. We don't, you know, you don't get an owner's manual. And so you're kind of doing the, like you said, the best you can, but sharing our stories and sharing our journeys and sharing our cathartic moments and our failures, and then how we get through them are a great way to actually help other people and help each other. And you realize you're not alone. And that's what I found when I shared my story, like you're sharing your story where you find out that, you know, other people go, Hey man, you're not alone. We all, we're, we're all going through this. You're going to be fine. You're going to get through it. So yeah. it's great that you're doing that now. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And I, I appreciate those are great examples. And I'm, I mean, I, I love dogs. So, I mean, I, I was, that got that my little dogs out there just waiting patiently for dinner. But, oh. and that's the thing. I'm not, I'm not a preachy non drinker. I don't think everybody mm. should not drink. I think mm. everybody should live their life and eat what you want to eat and do what you want to do. I'm not a preachy, you know, do this kind of do that kind of person. I'm just, like you said, I just want to share because I remember that loneliness of mm -hmm. being so empty and just thinking, you know what? I'm done with this. Like I'm just, it's just, just be a lot easier if I just took that way out and I just was done with this and I'm never mm -hmm. going to have a normal life again. I'm never going to be normal. And mm -hmm. you're right. Like the, after I, I shared, I'm just, like I said, I told you before in the pre uh, interview, I'm just starting to talk about this in the last like month or so. And I, I put a post on, on Instagram, <clears throat> excuse me, talking about some of this stuff and talking about having an eating disorder and having the drug addictions. And I, you know, hit the post button and the nerves kind of flooded over me. And the next time I walked in the gym, I was like, oh my gosh, everybody knows some of my secrets. Like they're looking yeah. at me differently. And they, I, I had an amazing reception with regards to people being like, hey, like, that was a really yeah. brave thing you did. I really appreciate that. Like if you ever need to talk and, or, or like you said, and, and I was like, Oh, okay. Like, and if somebody is going to, you know, take the time and like make fun of you because of that, well, they're a piece of shit anyway. So, you know, like they're, they're probably they're, haven't like, dealt with their issues either. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I had somebody, uh, actually on somebody on my TikTok who commented that it's a lot easier to get over depression if you're attractive and fit. And it's, and I, but I, I thought about that for a minute and I thought, you know what? I, I made a post and I, I answered to back to that video. And I say, I understand this person who made this comment. I was this person. I really sympathize with this person. I hope whoever wrote this, I know they're going through something very hard and I know that's coming from a place of pain. So I really hope that they can get the help that they need. And it doesn't, you know, as we know, things don't make it. I mean, you look in the mirror every day and you see perfection. So it's like, you know, you know, it's not, I mean, it's just, we still have our ups and downs. I mean, think about the rest of us, Chris. I mean, geez, yeah. but it's, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make it easier. And, you know, these things don't, they don't, 
pick people by race, by gender, by creed, by tax bracket, you know, these things affect, these are societal problems. And, you know, I think it's important to talk about. And, you know, I, I often remember, you know, people looking at me and, and looking at me like, like a way, I felt like an imposter because on the outside, they saw something and they saw a certain thing. There's Jonathan. Oh yeah. that's the guy who's traveled around the world and done all the modeling. And the guy who's really fit and comes in here like, and, but on the inside, I was broken. I was a shell of a human being and I felt like a fraud. And I was like, I remember writing to myself in like, I would write down notes and just kind of when I was feeling positive and I always talk about like trying to focus on the positive and I would just write to myself, like be the person that people think you are like, try Like I need to be that person. And I started to become the person for myself that I know I am. And it's not so much about other people's interpretations. It's about being the best person for yourself. And But that mm-hmm. was a, a stepping stone for me. And, and that, like I said, it really made me feel like a fraud. And, and just to take it back to the whole dog thing, I have two quotes about dogs that I love. And, you know, as a dog lover, you know, you'll, you've maybe heard them or whatever. And one of them is uh, try and be the person your dog thinks you are. Because oh. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter if you are... I mean, you see people on the streets with dogs, you see people like you get home and you are, you know, you're, you are killing it, man. You are like, you got food on time. You're like, you know, you are that person. So the way they look up to you is just like, you know, try and be that person. And the second one is I love my dog because it's the only one that treats me like I'm the Beatles every time I come home. (laughs) (laughs) And it's that you're back. It's like, I am back. Like, what? A, let's have a party, okay? For five minutes, like, I, yeah. So, but yeah, it's it's. You're absolutely right. It's very cathartic to empty those things out. It's um, it's important to um, to really just like I said before, to really forgive yourself and to do it with a purpose. It sounds corny, but if I can tell my story and help even one person and help them, you know, feel better. I just want to help make the world a better place. And if somebody hearing my story and hearing the things and the mistakes that I've made can help them through stuff that they've been are going through, then I'm more than happy to, or as a cautionary tale of don't do this. (laughs) Like, trust me. I mean, I got a ton of stories and I mean, we could spend a whole day talking about, I mean, yeah, I mean, we were going before, before we hit record, but there you go. Yeah, so uh, that's. I think you're you're absolutely right. It's it's really important to share and to to really lean on and help one another and yeah. to realize that you know we are all going through things and and we can use some help and I think it's just it's an important thing to do. There you go. It seems like everybody goes through some sort of cathartic the things in their life. You know, <laughs> I drank really heavily uh, for twenty years. Uh, mainly because I'm a machine. Uh, vodka just is like sugar for me, so I can go forever. I can, you know, party all night long if I got if I got booze. And I was never addicted to it, but I abused it. So you know, half a bottle of uh, vodka. Um, and I'm a bigger guy, so it takes a little bit. I have a I have a high tolerance for any drugs. Um, mm. So I have to take a whole lot if I want. Thankfully, I never really got anything because I mean, well, cocaine just gives me a post nasal drip and a and a, and <laughs> yeah. a, and a, and a uh, it doesn't even give me high. It's just a post nasal drip and it's annoying as hell. And I'm just yeah. like, is this all there is? Um, I suppose if I snorted a whole bloody eight ball, maybe it would do something. <laughs> but you know, who's got the money for that on a continual basis? But booze yeah, was kind of right. like my booze is kind of like my thing because it gave me that nice little buzz. But after 20 years and, and waking up with too many hangovers and the and the abuse of my body, my body just going, you know what? Fuck you. We're done with you. We're we're moving out. You know, our kidney and liver started packing my bag, their bags, and they're like, we're just not gonna deal with you anymore. You got tired of the waking up with the hangovers, you know, the feeling like shit. I started tuning my body more and eating better, and and I could tell I was dehydrated for two and three days and. You know, you're like, wow, it's just an, an hour of fun on Friday night. You know, it's three days of hell. And, you know, once you hit 50, it, it you have a beer and you got a hangover. And so the, all the abuse uh, kind of caught up to you. But that's kind of how we learn. You know, we kind of 
sadly, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. It's not until we get about 10, 15, 20 years down the road, we look back and go, well, that's a mess I left behind. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, and it's, then hopefully it's you absolutely. learn from it. Yeah. That's the thing. And I th- I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. And no matter what happens or what we're going through, I think it's really important to, even if it is 15 years or, you know, like, you know, you spent your 20 years of doing that. I spent my 15 years of doing whatever to look back and to see everything, even my mom's passing and say, what am I supposed to learn from this? How mm-hmm. am I going to move forward from this? And, and to, to find the, the message and, how are we going to learn and grow and, and move forward to either avoid making the same mistakes or just, you know, have a learning experience and to, mm-hmm. you know, to go forward with it. But I think everything happens for a reason. And yeah, there's a, there's a message in everything and you have to really, you know, sometimes you have to like, yeah, feel the feelings of, of grief or loss or whatever it is you're feeling like go through that, feel it for sure. But then look back at it and say, what was that? Why was that? And you know, if it's something that was out of your control, then okay, I have to come to terms with this. If it's something that was in your control, then okay, I, you know, like you said, I, I can avoid this by not drinking a handle of vodka, even though it just is like goes down like water for you. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You so I think it's important. You couldn't get a buzz on unless you really got going. But I, I'd gone up to 300, 350 pounds or something like that. I was, wow. I was pretty high. And uh, so, yeah, it took a little bit more to move the needle. But for me, it was like a sugar, you know, I was, I, at first it started out where I was like, yeah, I'll have some vodka and I'd be tired at the end of the night and I own three companies and I'm trying to work longer hours and you know, do the whole CEO entrepreneur thing. And so I'm like, well, you know, get a hit of the thing. And it was, it was just like, it was like drinking a sugar shot and you're yeah. like, Hey, I'm kind of awake now. I'm relaxed. I'm not less tight so I can work more. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Uh, so it's great you're sharing the journey. Um, what What is your plan now? Are you going to start doing some coaching? Are you going to keep sharing your story on Instagram, trying to inspire more people? You're doing a lot with, you know, what you're doing with working out that I see here on Instagram. Yeah. So um, the plan right now is I'm, I'm putting more content out and just kind of sharing my journey um, mm-hmm. on Instagram and, and TikTok and Facebook and eventually YouTube and you know, getting into deeper topics and just kind of, you know, what I've been through and talking to friends and stuff and, and, you know, what I've learned from people around me. Um, I do want to get to the point. I've had a lot of people reach out. And the first thing I say is, you know, you should go speak to a medical professional and you should uh-huh. go talk to somebody who's a, you know, uh, licensed medical professional. But I, you know, I love when people reach out. And like I said, whether it, it's asking me something or, you know, learning something from them, um, but no, I want to continue this journey and I want to, uh, I'm going to start doing some speaking, um, engagements and, uh, you know, doing more podcasts and eventually starting my own as well. And, and just kind mm-hmm. of seeing where it goes. I, I love modeling. I mean, now that you're retired, I mean, you left some space for the rest of us, the, the <laughs> vacuum chain, the vacuum's kind of opened up. So, you know, the rest of us can put some food on our plates. Like, thanks bud. Like, <laughs> but, uh, I want to be, you know what? I want to be booked as I've been for 14 years. I've been booked as Jonathan. Like I've been booked as the guy who's six foot two. He's got kind of tan skin. He's got muscles and stuff. I mean, you know, you know the same stuff you look at in the mirror every day. Yeah, I'm but I want to be. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I want to be booked for for me for Jonathan Neisel, the guy who mm-hmm. has those things and works really hard and is very diligent. And but the guy who's been through stuff and comes with the message and you know, is, is deeper than just what's skin deep because, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're, are much more than that. So I don't know, it's kind of up to, up to the universe and kind of just, I've got an mm-hmm. idea and directions on where mm-hmm. I want to go with things. And then it's uh, kind of seeing where, where, how things unfold and, and just taking them. But right now, like I said, I'm working on um, putting out content um, weekly on Instagram, quite a bit on Instagram and TikTok and working with a social media team and, and, you know, getting that stuff out, focusing on certain topics and uh, really starting the conversation with people. And uh, yeah, just going from there. There you go. Uh, write a book. Books are always great. You tell your story that's in a book, definitely. tell your life story. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely, that's, that's definitely, uh, that's a longer term you're up. Yeah. I forgot. That's those are the stories we were right. going to we were talking about earlier that you know <laughs> we didn't talk about the show oh yeah uh, and I'm sure oh yeah no, that's... you probably fill a whole book oh man <laughs> oh yeah 
for sure. And a couple, but uh, yeah. you know what? We all can. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's fast, fascinating. Like, you know, it's, it's really uh life's very interesting that way. And like I said, I wouldn't change it for, for anything because it's made me who I am. And uh, you know, it, it's what I had to go through and, and, hindsight's 2020 i mean great we if we knew if we could do that then great but i don't think i'd want to go back and i'd want to change anything i think it's just this is what we have and i don't know why even spend time thinking about that when it's not a possibility let's just keep uh keep moving forward and growing and this feels right you know as much as like the first time i did a podcast or first time i hit you know hit that button on to share that post as much as the nerves and the anxiety really built up um you know connecting with people like yourself and 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 you know thankfully being invited on your platform to to share and and to talk about it 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 feels right and it's something that i want to continue to do and i'm just a regular guy who's trying to share a story and help Mm -hmm. other people with theirs and and yeah just make the world a better place so uh we'll see there you go. There's the beauty of it. Uh, when you write your book, I'll give it to the Victoria's Secret models that I date because they kind of have a cocaine problem. So, uh, yeah, they need someone to do that. They need someone to put, to put it on top of it. <laughs> yeah, they're going to read. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm fair like, enough, buddy. Is that mirror for? Is that mirror for doing your hair? Oh no, that's on the table. Okay. Oh, that's uh, horizontal. That's a eight foot. Uh, yeah. Uh, on the, yeah, that's yeah. That's not, come, a, that's not what mirrors are they for. Come to my house, and the mirrors on the roof over the bed, very Sydney style. Throwback. Yeah, there you go. We're a bit old. Uh, so yeah. there you go. But I'm glad you're sharing your story because stories are the owner's manual to life. They're how we learn from each other, the lessons we learn. They how Certainly. we realize we're not alone in the universe. That uh, there's a human commonality among us and you know the worst thing people can do is feel that they're alone and they're and they're alone with their problems and they feel yep. persecuted because maybe they're the only one who's suffering from this and when you open up and you talk about your issues then you find other people um you know have these issues as well so there you go uh and i'm glad a, a modeling kindred spirit of mine <laughs> came on the show Oh. Oh, I mean, hey, buddy, we got to stick together. We got to, we got to, we got to stick together. Small, we got to band there. together. You know, it's just, yeah. So give us your uh, Instagram one more time, and I think a TikTok wherever you want people to find you on the internet. Yeah. So Instagram and TikTok are both just my name. It's J O N A T H A N Jonathan and Nizel N I Z I O L or N I Z I O L for the Canadians and the other places <laughs> that use that instead of. Uh, instead of Z, but that's where you'll find me on, uh, Instagram, on TikTok, on, uh, YouTube. I don't think there's much on my YouTube channel yet, but I do have that YouTube channel, um, marked and on Facebook. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from people. I love to hear people's stories. Uh, I love to connect and talk and to learn. Like I said, like, I just don't think we can, we can share enough and learn enough from each other and, uh, have these kinds of conversations. I think they're, they're extremely important. Yeah. I mean, in my life, you you can learn a lot. Like what not to do ever. <laughs> oh, I mean, two thousand over two thousand interviews, man. I mean, you should be making like perfect everything. I mean, you should. I, geez, I can only imagine. It depends on if I can feel my legs or not. It's when you're fifty-five, it's all over. So uh, there you go. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. No, I I, uh, I have a lot of respect for what you do, what you do, and, you. and how long you've been doing it for. And I uh, I aspire to get to a place where and maybe. Uh, Maybe you won't feel your legs. I'm on. Yeah. Well, maybe not that far. Maybe, maybe not that far. I was, I was going to go a different direction with it. I was going to say like, maybe one day I'll have a podcast and you'll come on mine, but sure. yeah, maybe yeah. not that far. Hot, legs are kind of important to, you know, I gotta, I gotta walk, I gotta play hockey, but yeah, I, I'd like to, I've got a couple of bruises on my knees from the last, like a couple of hits into the boards, the last tournament yeah. I played in and stuff. And I'm like, geez, I get too old for this. But then the next game comes around and I'm like, I can't wait to do this. I mean, it's just, I love yeah. it. So, but yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a good ride. But uh, write your book, uh, tell your story, share it with the world, inspire other people, and uh, you know the great thing about it is you're going to help actually uh, probably a lot more people that you'll never hear from, and but you'll touch them and you'll move them in a way and you'll change their life in a way. And every now and then you'll hear about it. Somebody will come up to you and go, "Hey, you know, three years ago you said something, and I didn't really say anything at the time because I couldn't deal with it." but you helped me get through this and you changed my life. I mean, there's people on my Twitter account that, you know, I just shared some quotes one day of some positive stuff and they wrote me privately and said, I was going to end it today. 
this was the day that I'd made the decision oh. to end it. And I just happened to see some random thing that Chris Voss tweeted. And I saw, you know, your other content made a decision that I'm, I'm going to hang in there. And so sometimes you just never know, man. Sometimes you never know when you're going to touch people and move people. And that's why it's important to tell your story, even though sometimes you don't always get good feedback. Because sometimes the people that hear it, they can't. And they're not in a moment to express it. But they'll eventually will. And it'll come back to you. Yeah. And so it's really good stuff. Thank you very much, uh, Jonathan, for uh, uh, get, coming on the show. We'll let you get back to your uh, regular YouTube program of dodging bras and, and panties being thrown at you as a male model. and uh, Walking my dog and <laughs> binging Netflix. Yeah, it's a pretty crazy yeah. life I'm living over there you here. Go. There you go. But, yeah. but at least you're healthy and happy now. And that's the great thing. You're, I don't yeah. know about you, but my, my body loves me now that I quit all the uh, unhealthy stuff. I mean, even like food. I eat better food now and farm food <clears throat> and veganese food and stuff. My body's like, thank you. Thank you. We're going to keep you yeah. around for a while. We've decided that. Hey, so. it's better late than ever. And it's never too late sure. to start. And that's the thing. I mean, we all have different timeline. And like I said, they all have different, you know, uh, storylines or whatever for our lives. And there's no script or whatever and and yeah it's never too late to start and at whatever pace you think or is right for you it's just yeah making yourself a priority uh physically emotionally and mentally i think it's all it's all one because i've ignored uh the emotional and the mental part before and just focus on the physical and that's not the answer <laughs> mm. it's all you got to keep the whole the whole thing going so yeah, I think uh, I really appreciate you having me on. Like I said before, this is this is a lot of fun. Um, it's nice to have you know be able to have a bit more lighthearted conversation as well as talking about some more serious stuff and uh, have a good back and forth. And uh, yeah, thanks very much. I really do really do appreciate that. Thank you, Jonathan. Hey, if you ever bump into you know in the modeling arena for male models, you're bumping at, at Chippendales, Las Vegas. Can you tell them to get the manager return my calls? I'm trying to get my job back over there. So. There you go. I'll I'll see what I can do. I I heard the checks in the mail last I heard. So, yeah. I mean, I'd look out for that. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Just don't hold your breath. Uh, just let's just just yeah, don't hold your breath. There's always the magic mics and thunder down under down here in Vegas. So there you go. Uh, Never know. Spirit Rider won't take me either. So that's a different story. Whatever <laughs> that's about. Uh, thank you very much, Jonathan, for coming on the show. Thanks to my audience for tuning in. Go to Goodreads.com for Chess Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com for Chess Chris Foss, YouTube.com for Chess Chris Foss, and Chris Foss One over on uh, TikTok. Those uh, crazy place for the kids. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe and take care of yourself. We'll see you next time. And that should have us out. Thanks.